We're, we started a new series last Sunday night on first and last chapters in your Bible. And we're in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis. Now, I want you to understand something. God has showed us very clearly. We don't go to the Bible. We don't go to Genesis 1-1 to find out if there's a God. We go to Genesis 1-1 because we know there's a God. Amen? And so tonight, I'd like for you to stand, open your Bibles to page 1. So, well, preacher, my Bible has more than one page, two page, three pages before page 1, before the creation. I know that that's just husk getting to the corn. Chapter 1 is the corn of God's Word. In fact, Genesis is the seed plot of the Bible. Thank God, God started some good things in Genesis. I heard a preacher tell me one time, I don't believe in going by the Old Testament. I said, man, you better be thankful that we do go by the Old Testament. He said, why? I said, breathing started in the New Old Testament. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Breathing started in the Old Testament, the breath of God. And so I'm going to preach tonight for a little while. It's not going to take me six days to do it, but I'm going to talk about the six-day creation. And we're going to look at verse uh, 2 through 5. Now, in verse 1, you find God the Father. In verse 2, you find God the Holy Ghost. In verse 3, you find God the Son, Jesus Christ. The first day is found in verse 2 through 5. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. The evening and the morning were the first day. We're talking about 24-hour time days. We're talking about days that are like our days. We're not talking about thousands and thousands of years of evolution. We're talking about God created everything we know as you and I, as Christians, He created it in six days, and He rested on the seventh. I take that from the evening and the morning were the first day, even in the morning were the second day, even in the morning were the third day, even in the morning were the uh, the fourth day, even the morning was the fifth day, even the morning was the sixth day. But wait a minute, when you get to seventh day, it doesn't say the evening and the morning were the seventh day. Why? Because we're still living in the day of God. Woo! We're resting in God's power. For on the seventh day, he rested. And it wasn't the evening and the morning were the seventh day. It was continual day of God. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk about the six days of creation. And I want to begin simply by saying that this is six days like we know days. 
We need to understand that in the verse 2, and I already shared with you, and I already got some comments from YouTube and other people that they didn't believe in the gap theory, and, and I want you to understand that all death came from Adam. All the fossils, all the dead debris, the mammoths that are frozen in the north and south poles of the earth, all death came from Adam. Adam, when he died, he brought, when he sinned, he brought death upon the whole earth. So death did not come between Genesis 1, 1, and 2. I do believe that there was a gap theory. I believe that angels inhabited this earth. And when you excavate, you'll not find an angel in a fossil. Because angels don't die. Humans die. And God said to humans, if you... Sin, you die. The soul that sinneth shall die. There's two gardens. One in Ezekiel, I think it's 28. Uh, it talks about the garden of diamonds and sapphire and rubies and things of that nature. And then here in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, it talks about the garden in which Adam and Eve dwelled. A stark contrast between the garden of Eden made up of diamonds and topaz and emeralds compared to a, a creation made up of trees and flowers and animals and beautiful things. And so when God judged the earth, judged Lucifer, he fell. And we know according to the book of Job, angels were here before God created the heavens because they shouted and they praised God, the sons of God, according to the book of Job, when God created the heavens and the earth. And we know that Lucifer, the first sin was not committed on planet earth. The first sin was committed in heaven. Lucifer rebelled against our God. And we know that when Lucifer came to the garden, he beguiled Eve and Adam fell and Eve fell. And then we saw death reign upon all men for Adam has sinned and death reigned, death reigned upon us as I preached Wednesday night. Now the first day, I want you to notice in the first day, the Spirit of God brooded over the face of the waters. He moved. That's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost moves into where the earth is. The earth is a one big old ball of raging waters. In this verse 2, the earth is just massy black waters. And somewhere in the middle of those massy black waters is earth, land. And God moves upon that mass, raw material. God began to make out of that raw material the planet in which we live on today. The Spirit of God hovered over the earth moved upon the face of the waters. God comes to that massive, and let me say this real quickly because it's important that you understand this, nothing, nothing produces nothing. Nothing can come out of nothing. That's the bottom line. And so God creates everything. And God has this first glob of material, this matter. And he moves upon this matter, this water, Massive amounts of water. 
And inside of that core of that water is some land. And the Spirit of God moves upon that water and it's void, it's without form. The hand of God begins to move. And God says, hey, son, give me some light down here. It's dark. And the son says to the father, let there be light. Boom. God the Father says, thank you. Thank you. And God begins to divide the light from the darkness. Now, you need to understand, it's not until the fourth day that God creates, that Jesus creates the sun and the moon. It's not until the fourth day. And I want you to understand, God doesn't need, this, God doesn't need the sunshine to produce light. God is light. And God doesn't need the sunshine or the moonshine. I tell people everywhere I go, enjoy the sunshine. Stay out of the moonshine. And it's on the fourth day that God created the sun, the two great lights, verse 16, the greater light ruling the day, that it would be the sun, the lesser the light ruling the night. And he made the stars also. Now, when you see this first day, he moves upon it, light comes, he begins to separate the waters, he moves upon the waters, he begins to do things, light comes, and he divides the light from the darkness. And this is, the Bible says, evening and the morning were the first day. Jewish people did not start the day at six in the morning. They started their day at six at night. In increments of three hours. And so the Bible says the evening and the morning was the first day. To the first day, the Holy Ghost moves. The first day, God takes raw material and he begins to deal with the waters. The first day, and Jesus Christ speaks light. And God divides the light from the darkness. What an awesome thought when you think about that. He divided the light from the darkness. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with each one of these because I done promised you I wouldn't preach six days. Second day. How many are ready for the second day? And God said, verse 6 through 8 is the second day. And God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, that is the sky, and, and the evening and the morning were the second day. So the second day, God divides the water. There's actually water above and water below. There's water everywhere. And this shows us that there was a great possibility in the day of Noah, before the flood, that there was a canopy that was made up of water. And oxygen was higher level then, and men lived to be older, and they lived to be bigger. Animals lived to be bigger. And it was like a greenhouse effect. The temperature was controlled all around. 
that water would keep the sun from invading and bringing harmful rays. And Adam and Eve are living in this shelter, this, this bubble, if you please, water, a canopy around them. There's water above and water below. And this would tell us that when Noah built the ark, and when it began to rain, the scripture is very clear in Genesis 5 and Genesis 6 that the waters came down from above in torrents. The deep broke up and the waters came up from beneath and the rain came upon the earth. Scientists will tell you there's no way in 40 days rain could have enveloped the earth and flooded the highest mountains. But what they don't take into account is the canopy. And the canopy was ripped. Ripped from top, ripped across from east to west. It was ripped and the water came down in torrents and Noah's ark was lifted above the raging waters. Now, someone says, well, where does the fossils come from? Where does the, when I was a little boy, I'd go out and break rocks into Right here in Ozark, Missouri, I'd go out in the field and break rocks into it. I did other mean things too, but the rocks didn't feel the pain. And I'd break these rocks open and I'd find little bug fossils in those rocks. Telling me that as a young boy, I didn't put it together, but later on I discovered that in order for there to be fossils on high mountains and low valleys and everywhere on the earth, there had to be a worldwide flood that destroyed all of life on the earth. 6,000 years, this earth is young. And all the fossils, all the decay, I believe, I do not believe in evolution. I believe in corrosion. I believe in wear, but I do not believe in evolution. I believe that every fossil, every Mammoth with grass in its mouth found in the Antarctica. All these things are happened when the canopy was ripped and Noah's flood came. The massive runoff of water, the moving about of, we would say, Grand Canyon, the moving about of lakes and oceans and waters, and the corrosion over the years, don't ever let some smart aleck tell you, bless God, the earth is 50,000 million years old. Well, he don't know. He wasn't here. Amen? And I want to believe God before I'm going to believe him. And we live in a day that everybody thinks that evolution is a done deal. We live in a day that most people believe that evolution is a done deal. No, it's not. It's still as asinine as it ever has been. Still as dumb as ever. But you live in a world today that they think it's a done deal. We evolved. We came about by millions of years. No, we got here in 6,000 years. God created the earth in 6,000 years. Give or take a, a few uh, years or 1,000 years. Some say 7,000, some say eight, but I'm going to say 6,000 because I believe Adam and Eve kept good records. I believe Seth and Enos and, and uh, Enoch and, and Methuselah kept good records, and I believe some of those records went across on the ark. How else did the book of Enoch get here? 
And the genealogists prove that it's about 6,000 years old. And you got people out there that are scientists. They're so smart. Now, they think you're just really ignorant. They think you're, if you believe in the 6,000-year creation, they think, well, you're just simple. You're not very smart. Okay. All right. They can think what they want to think. But I want you to know I'm that simple one that's going to heaven when I die. I'm that, I'm that person that's not so smart that knows where I came from and knows God created everything, and I don't believe that some cosmic dust exploded in the atmosphere and we washed up on some water by some slime and we got a few freckles on us that produced eyeballs and presto, we crawled out of the water and we become a tadpole, a, a, a slimy something, and we crawled up on a rock and the sun hit us and opened our eyes and we began to grow hair and presto, we became a lizard and that was the beginning of becoming a man. You tell me who's the smart person here. Hello? Now, the Bible says he divided the firmament from the waters and he called the firmament in heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Also, I want to tell you something, that God put everything in this earth that man needs. He put the fossil fuel. He put the propane. He put the oil. He put the water. He put the material. He put everything that man needs to exist. And he did it in the 6,000-year creation. Amen. Come on now. And divided the waters from the waters. And this is the second day. You ready for the third day? It's in verse 9 to 13. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. By the way, in Adam's creation, before the flood, there was one seed. One piece of land. And he divided the water from the land. The Bible says he called that land, that dry land, earth. Let's read it again, verse 9. And let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and gathered together the waters and called the seas, or he called, he called he seas. You say, well, I thought you said there was one body of water. Well, seas could be bodies of water, lakes, whatever, the large sums of puddles in the earth. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herbs yielding seed and fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. Now, the reason I believe that there was one massive amount of water was because after the flood, there was a, there was a different erosions that took place in the soil and the rock and there was movement around earthquakes and there was a lot of and so 
the continents were pretty much together. Now, scientists will tell you, well, you know, they separated over millions and millions of years. Well, the scripture says in the time of Pegleg, that was some pronouncing Peleg, Petleg. Who wants to be called Peleg or Pegleg? Anyway, in the time of Pegleg, that was before the um, Tower of Babel. Uh, they all had one language. They were all in one place. And I believe there was land all together. And so God says, that's it. You can't understand each other. So he divided their language because they were defying God in the Tower of Babel. And, And God divided their language. And that's when the continents were moved about. And they sent this group of men this way, this group of men this way. That accounts for every nationality, every culture. It accounts for everything. And I believe it happened in the day of the Tower of Babel. Are you listening to me? We also need to understand that different languages, in Adam was the ability and in Eve was the ability to have black, white, Red, yellow, all colors of human beings. Are you listening to me? When God made man, he made man after his own kind. And so the black man, the red man, the white man, all men are of the same kind. And so in Adam and Eve, God's a colorful God. So God gave the power to Adam and Eve to have children of different colors. Isn't that good? You got to admit that's awesome when you think about it. But here, I want to give you something that's more awesomer. No, awesomer is not a word, but it is now. We're talking about the third day. God takes the third day And he divides the dry land from the water. God saw that it was good, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass. On the third day is the first time God created living matter. On the third day is the first time God created living matter. Trees, grass. The flowers, different things. He created the plant life. And when he created it, he created it after its own kind. The Bible is very clear that the fruit trees, the seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning were the third day. So he, he creates the tree. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Don't want to upset you. Chicken! Amen. And so God creates trees. In those trees, those trees are already mature. They're already grown after their own kind. They already have seed. They already have fruit. God creates them full grown. Got a Bible for that? Yeah, he created Adam and Eve full grown. Are you hearing me? So God created the trees full grown. 
with the seed in them, with the vegetation in them. And during this time, there's one land mass, water's there, but one land mass, and that's divided up in the Tower of Babel and scattered. And that's for another sermon altogether. But I want to point out what happened on the third day. You Bible scholars out there, what do you think about what happened on the third day? What's the big number one thing you think about on the third day? Well, that's the day Jesus Christ arose from the grave. And on the third day, God created the first living matter. For Jesus is the creator of all living life. By the way, I got something else for you. The tree of life was created on the third day in the garden. And the tree of life is a type and a picture and a shadow of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the tree of life, but there is the literal tree of life in the Garden of Eden, and it was created on the third day. And the tree of life was taken from the garden, and the tree of life returned to earth. His name is Jesus Christ. And the tree of life died on the cross of Calvary, put in a tomb, and the tree of life arose again from the grave on the third day. If you're not shouting right now, you're, man, you're dry. You're dry. You're so dead, you don't need just a little dirt sprinkled on you. You need a whole truckload dumped on you. So let's go to the fourth day, the fourth day. Now, the fourth day is when the sun and the moon was created. Now, they may have been there, but they may have been obstructed from the waters. I'm not saying they weren't there. They might have been there, but no one saw them. God releases them out of their cage so that they would do their glory. The sun is the glory. He may have created them on the fourth day. He may have just released them on the fourth day. Verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. He could have left winter out. But no, I had to be born and live in Missouri. And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule by day, that's the sun, and the lesser light to rule by night. And, of course, that's the moon. And the lesser light, the, he made the stars also. I love that. God just taxed it on. Oh, oh, yeah, I made the stars too. I love that. God is so powerful. He does all this stuff. And he says, oh, 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 I made the stars too. Wow, what an awesome God we serve. And the Bible says he, God set them in the firmament of the heavens and to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and divide the light from the darkness, verse 18. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now someone said, well, I don't believe in this six-day creation. Really? Really? I got saved in a few seconds when I repented of my sin. 
Really, Jesus Christ is going to come back in a moment in the twinkle of an eye, one sixteenth of a fiftieth thousand of a second. He's coming to take us home. If he can't snatch us out, God can. If God can snatch us out of here in six, one sixteenth of a fiftieth of a second and take us home and go across the devil, the prince of power of the air, and take us home and rapture us home, I guarantee you he can create a heaven and earth in six days. Amen. I mean, I'd like to look at the fifth day for a moment. I'm moving right along, aren't I? Really am. <laughs> I'm listening. Look at the fifth day. We're at the fifth day, aren't we? Verse 20 through 22. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. The fowl may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great wells and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly. After their kind, every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good, 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 and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful, multiply, lay some eggs, fowls, lay some eggs, fish, have some babies, wells, and uh, fill the waters with sea, uh, waters in the sea, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were what? The fifth day. Now, I want to point out something that is very important. God has designed all of this by intelligent design. Everything around us is intelligent design. It didn't just happen chance. God has created all of this. And when male, when, when human beings try to defy God, and the girl says, no, I'm going to be a boy. And the boy says, no, I'm going to be a girl. Or the girl and the boy says, no, I ain't either one. That's defying God. That's some good preaching. The hand of God put us here at this time. You and I are alive today because God's hand is on us. God chose, chose us to be alive. He chose to create us, and we'll be looking at that in the sixth day. I don't want to get the cart before the horse, but you need to understand that God planted the trees. The seed were all planted fully grown. And when he talked about the mammals and the sea and the insects, and, and I... I may be a little different than you, but I believe most insects were created after the fall of Adam and Eve when they left the garden. That's in my book. I believe that most insects left, came up out of the ground in the cursed ground after Adam and Eve left the garden. So don't give me this, say, well, why did God create a mosquito? He did and Adam did. Don't blame mosquitoes and seed ticks on God. 
Blame them where they belong. Adam sinned. He left the garden and boom, insects come up out of the cursed ground. Are you learning? Amen. And the Bible says that he made everything after its own kind. The evening and the morning were the fifth day. Notice the phrase, after their kind. Over and over, you'll find the phrase, when he created a tree, he created man, mammals, animals, he called them after their kind. So, a whale in the sea cannot become a crocodile. So, an alligator cannot become a rabbit made after our kind. You say, well, there's different kinds of dogs. I know, kind, after their kind. But no one jumps the kind. God has put a perimeter, a wall around the kind. And that wall is a monkey cannot become a man. That wall is an apple tree can't become a cedar tree. That wall is the cat can't become a dog. And the dog can't become a pig. Now they have varieties and their kind, but a dog is a dog. Whether it's a wolf, a black dog, white dog, little dog, chihuahua dog, woof, woof dog, dog is a dog. Different kinds. A rabbit is a rabbit. Different kinds, but of their own kind, there is no jumping across like Darwin's theory of evolution. Not happening. Amen? And God was very clear to say they came forth after their own kind. A fish is not going to turn into a bullfrog. Now, a tadpole can turn into a bullfrog, but that's part of the metaphorsis of them. But I want you to understand, if God made you something, he doesn't want you to try to mess with it. He made you after his own kind. Adam and Eve is made after their own kind. Man can't jump into something else, and we have a world today that thinks they can. But I wanted to point that out because it's real important that we understand that we live in a day where people believe that there is this possibility of jumping from one kind to another, and that that's just not true. Different things can mutate, but they stay within their own parameters. Are you listen to me? A fish cannot turn into a duck. But, you know, I guess a duck can act like a turkey if it's hatched in the right nest. But you can't jump after its kind. Are you following me? Amen? I mean, that cow out there in the field, chewing its cud, doesn't go, I'm going to be a chuck. No, it's not. And Chuck's not going to be a cow. 
Now, I've watched some people come in church chewing their bubble gum, snapping it and popping it in church, and they got that cocky look on their face, and, and, and I don't care for you to chew, and chew all the chewing gum you want. You can chew tobacco for all I care. Just don't spit at me. You know, what you put in your mouth, I really could care less as long as you don't spit it out of your mouth at me. But I've watched kids come in, even adults chewing their gum. You ever met people that make their gum pop? Snap, 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 snap. And, and you can see the attitude all over them. You know the only difference between those teenagers or adults chewing gum in church with that cocky look on their face, the only difference between them and a cow out in the field is the intelligent look on the cow's face. Nobody jumps. God has put a wall. And I want you to know God, that God has not removed that wall. And they can try to do mutations, but let me tell you, friends, when they do mutations and try to jump kinds, that's what they did when they worshiped false gods, half man and half goat. That's what they did when they worshipped false Greek mythology. But no, God made man intelligent after his likeness. God, the Bible says, let us make man after our own likeness, after, you know, after our image, after our own likeness. Does that mean that God made us look just like him? No, it means that God is a Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And you too are triune being, your body, soul, and spirit. And not only are you triune being, body, soul, and spirit, but God formed Adam within mind. I'm going to form my son Jesus, and he's going to be the last Adam, and I'm going to break the powers of sin, death, hell, and the grave through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You say, well, why did God make such strange creatures in the sea? Have you ever wondered why God made such strange creatures in the sea? You look at some of them creatures in the sea and you go, what was God thinking? And from Sunday to Sunday, I asked myself, what was God thinking? <laughs> Laugh. Quit being a sourpuss. Don't you know them creatures in the sea thinks we're pretty odd looking too? Amen? And God made us after our kind. And I'm glad that God created us and made us as creatures not like animals. We are not mammals. We are not animals. We are higher than animals. Animals don't put together poetry, books, forms, articulation, crying out to God. What about the parrot? <coughs> Yeah, okay. Animals communicate with each other in their very anemic way, but only man can articulate with God. 
Now you say, well, the bird talks to God. Chirp, 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 chirp. And he said, praise the Lord. No, the bird's just happy. And sending a signal to God, I'm happy. But the bird is not putting together vocal words and intelligent phrases to God. We are made with the ability to speak to God. And we know that we are here because we can say, I am. You can sit in this auditorium right now. Every person in this room, you can say, I am. I am at Ozark Full Gospel Church. I am alive. I am a child of God. Well, who was the first I am? God. I am that I am. And the only reason you know your conscience is because God keeps you conscience. The only reason you know that you are is because God made you are. And I rejoice in the fact that God made me. And I rejoice in the fact that I can say tonight, I am. I'm not like a, you know, the cow out there in the field, you know, and the animals out there are not saying, well, I'm making plans for 10,000 years from now. Uh, I want to live forever. No, they don't get scared until the hot shot takes them toward McDonald's. It ain't always cattle that goes that way either, probably. But anyway, leave it alone. Chickens can be so happy with nothing. And I love watching them peck, peck, and they can have a good time. But chickens are after their own kind. Dinosaurs didn't turn into chickens. If dinosaurs had feathers, it wasn't chicken feathers. Are you listening to me? Anybody getting anything out of this tonight? I hope you are. So we're looking at, what are we looking at? The sixth day? We looked at the fifth day. We're getting there. Come on now. Come on, bear with me. Hold on. The pastor Q can do it. You can do it. Now, yeah, you're right. I can do it. Because God is such an awesome God. The sixth day, verse 24, all the way down to verse 31, the rest of this chapter 1. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creature after his own kind, cattle, creeping thing, beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. God made the beast of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind. There it is, kind, kind, kind. And everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, let us make man after our own image, after our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. That don't mean we're just like God. It means we are little creators like God. We can't create something out of nothing, but we do create things. We're little creators. We're made in the image of God, body, soul, and spirit, God's Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. God made us to be look like Jesus one day. Understand the first Adam was a type and a picture of the coming last Adam. God said, let us make man, male and female, created he them. 
Verse 28, and God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And let me stop right here. He said to man, the woman and the man, be fruitful, replenish the earth. That requires sex. And you got imbeciles preaching that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was sex. Nonsense. Someone said, well, why didn't, Adam, why didn't Eve get pregnant before, you know, she fell, before, you know, Adam and Eve fell? Well, I think production, the ability to grieve, uh, to, to create, to get pregnant was slowed down. And I think that's obviously in the curse. I will multiply your conception and multiply your sorrow, he told Eve. So I'm sure that it was slowed down for a reason. And God decides when you're born. So God decided they're not going to have children until they fall. They fell. Have dominion upon over the fish and the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, every tree, and which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be from meat. To every beast of the earth, verse 30, and every fowl of the air, to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. Salad here is meat. Vegetation is meat. So, preacher, do you, are you a vegetarian? Yes, I let the cows eat it, and then I eat the cow. I'm a vegetation. I'm a vegetarian. I didn't say veterinarian, vegetation. And the green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he made. Behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the what? Sixth day. You've been waiting for that, haven't you? Verse 27, God created man in his own image after his own likeness. He created male, female, and created them. And then in verse chapter 2, verse 7, he says, this is how God did it. He formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into Adam's nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Later on, we see where God gives Adam a helpmeet, which is Eve, from his side. Jesus also was given a church through his side on the cross of Calvary. The first Adam got his wife through his side, and the last Adam gets his wife, his bride, through his side the cross of Calvary, and being born through the womb of the tomb. Now, I'm coming to the last part, and I'm sure you're saying, wow, about time you got these six days over with. I, I trust that you're learning some things, and I trust that you're seeing some things that maybe you hadn't seen before. But God says the evening and the morning were the sixth day. That's when he created man, sixth day. We can get into 6,000 years, and then after the 6,000 years, the 1,000-year millennial, seventh day, rest, you know, millennials coming. We can get into all of that stuff, but I'm not going there. I just thought I would wet your whistle, excuse me, wet your ear. Let's look at the seventh day. And it's important that we see the seventh day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he hath made. And what it doesn't say, 
the evening and the morning were the seventh day. Because God's peace and God's Sabbath is forever. Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our rest. Are you listening to me? Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our rest. Now, you can get into legalities and say, well, you know, the Sabbath, you've got to keep the Sabbath. That was given to the Jews, not us. But nonetheless, you can say the Sabbath, the, the seventh day, which is Saturday, that you need to keep it, and that was given to the Jewish people, but there's a principle there. And the principle is man shall work six days, and on the seventh day he's to rest. Man was not made to work seven days a week. He was made to work six days a week. And he was made to rest on the seventh day. Man was not made to die and be tormented and be tortured. And Jesus Christ is our Sabbath day. Jesus Christ actually reinstituted every Ten Commandment but one in the four Gospels. Jesus talked about every commandment but one. And the one was the Sabbath, the seventh day. And he said, remember, the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. And so the lesson here is clear. Man was not made to work, 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 work seven days a week and be in turmoil and being. Man was made to rest in his God. Man was made to rest in Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can rest in our God is if our God went to the cross, shed his blood to wash away our sins because sin has taken our peace. Sin has kept us from resting. And Jesus Christ comes to the cross of Calvary. He takes our death. He takes our shame. He takes our sin. He dies on the cross. His blood washes our sins away. And Jesus becomes our Sabbath, our day of rest. Isn't that good? And he rose again from the grave on the third day. Wow. And started cre cre uh, creating all kinds of things. When did Jesus raise from the dead? Was it Saturday or Sunday? He rose again from the grave on Sunday. After the third day, he rose on the first day of the week, Sunday. Why? Because the resurrection of Jesus on the first day of the week is the beginning of a week and the beginning of creation. And so God's creating and he's blessing us. Isn't that good? So let me say here right now, for those of you that think, well, you know, preacher, you got your opinion. And I know opinions are like armpits. They all stink and everybody's got them. But the Bible's not an opinion. It's God's Word. Everybody needs a day of rest. Everybody. We need to take time to rest. Not rest just in the golf course. Not rest just down at the lake. Not rest just out in pleasure. But every man, every woman must come to a place in their life that they take one day a week out of their life and they rest in Jesus Christ. Everybody needs to take one day out of the week and be God-focused. 
whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, one day a week, man needs to take one day a week and be God-focused and give it to God. Amen? We're going to give an invitation. I hope you enjoyed tonight, the six-day creation. I've been accused of not believing in the six-day creation because I believe there's a possible gap. You hear me, and you hear me well. There's nothing dead that Adam didn't cause. And everything around us was caused by the flood of Noah and its gorges and its everything, layers. You know, the, the, the scientists say, well, that rock is 20 million years old. Really? Were they there? No, they weren't there. I'm still figuring out how they can tell what a planet looks like 100 trillion light years away. When they can take a picture of someone at a gas station stealing gas and you can't even, you can't even make out whether they're a man or a woman. I, I really believe, and, and I believe in science. I believe in, I believe in astronomy. I believe in science. I believe in all that. But they're a lot, they claim to be a lot smarter than what they really are. I think they are exaggerators. Kind of like weathermen. Exaggerators. Kind of like preachers. Exaggerators. You want to know the truth, it's right here. It's the Word of God. Josh, come and bring a song. Whatever you have scheduled for music, I don't know whether you or somebody else, but we've been looking at first and last chapters in your Bible. We've been in chapter 1 and 2 of Genesis. We'll probably be looking at chapter 3, The Fall. Maybe next Sunday night. And then we get to go over to Revelation. The last three chapters of Revelation. And we grow and we learn. We enjoy the blessings of God. And you say, preacher, I don't believe everything you preached about creation, the six-day creation. Well, I wasn't there. You wasn't there. Let's be friends. Let's sing the song, Why Can't We Be Friends? You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's just be friends. You weren't there, I wasn't there. But I take the Bible to my best shot at it, best interpretation of it, and I've got to go home and go to bed and live with what I preach tonight, and I believe it's correct. I really do. Stand with me. I went a little longer than I'd planned, but I didn't go six days. Lord, heal Bobby Baldridge. Please, my Lord. Give those that are struggling physically kidneys, new kidneys, lungs, blood flow, just as you made Adam. Perfect. Make your people perfect. Heal their backs. Heal our sinew. 
heal our flesh. For God, you are the God that healeth us and delivers us from all of our destruction. You're the same God that breathed into Adam, a perfect man. And we believe for healing. For Robert, we believe for healing. We believe for healing for you and your back. We believe for healing in your body. We pray God for healing in Jim. We pray God for healing in Gary. We pray God for healing in Chris and Carl, Sharon. Lord, we pray for healing in Doris, March, March's mother. We pray for healing in Don, Bill, all the Dons, Gala, a new kidney, brand new kidney. Two of them. Let's go for two in my brother's body. Let's go for healing. Let's believe God that if He can do that in six days, He can do in just six minutes incredible things. Let this be our sixth day. Let this be our sixth day. God, go ahead.